Alex, this is it. This is the start of our big podcast, our big project that we've had in the works for the last few decades. Uh, ever since I was a baby, I wanted this to happen. Alex, what can the people expect to see over the next 500 episodes? I have no clue. What are we about? I don't know. I was hoping you would know. <laughs> no one knows what we are. We're ghosts, actually. We're ghosts. We're ghosts. We're ethereal beings here mm -hmm. in the retro gaming realm. Boo! <laughs> Live from Austin, Texas, with the start of our podcasting empire, it's Retro Pals with Danny and Alex. Hello, Alex. Hello, Danny. Oh, I'm so excited for this. This is it. This is mm -hmm. episode one of the Retro Pals podcast. I've decided what's the, that's the name. It, it works. It works. You gotta go with what's simple. Mm -hmm. uh, type in Retro Pals on Libsyn. You want to know how to use Libsyn? Uh, go to Podcast Addict. I, I load up the app, and it's, uh, the, the podcasts I want are just there. That's how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, just like okay. that. So this is a video podcast about the Retro Pals. We're going to tell you who we are, where we've been, what we've done, and when we're going to pay for our crimes. Never, probably. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to escape the feds. Scot-free, baby. So since this is a video podcast, I'm going to put some video game behind this footage here. Uh, I'm thinking playing some Target Earth. A Genesis game I've never beaten, so odds are I'm going to run out of continues in a few levels. Oh, cool. After that, probably going to do some uh, other stuff on the Genesis. Just stuff to look at. It'll mm -hmm. be completely inconsequential of what you're saying, but at least it will be a visual feast. It will be gorgeous. Welcome to the banquet. So I have notes for this show, and I'm so far up my ass I have a section called Preamble. This episode serves as an introduction to Retro Pals and a recap of what we've done in 2018. But this isn't just a list of all the bullshit that we've done. This is a chronicling of our rise to power. <laughs> so we've been making stuff on the internet for a few years. You're probably wondering who the hell we are by now. We never mm -hmm. really introduced ourselves. Uh, picture me looking you in the eye and giving you a firm handshake and saying, Hey, I'm Danny. That's my name. I'm half of Retro Pals. Uh, what is a Danny? What is a Danny? I've well, been... I was born in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. uh, I moved to Austin a few years back to go to UT. I graduated with a degree in communication studies, which is why I became a game journalist. <laughs> That's uh, That whole scam lasted a few good years. Managed to wring every last dollar out of that career I possibly could. Congrats. And from there, I moved on to streaming and video production for the internet at large. I think that about covers it. Yeah, it's, it sounds right. Sounds about right. With me here is my husband, Alex. Hello, Hello. Alex. You want to say a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm Alex, as usual. And, um... As usual. Well, I mean, I can't be anyone else. Um, let's see. I was born in uh, Southern California in uh, Riverside, a little town outside of uh, L.A., I met Danny online through LiveJournal, actually. Yep, we're one of those LiveJournal couples. Mm -hmm. All the secrets are coming out in episode one. <laughs> uh, we met, and then we met in real life. We get along really well, got along really well, and uh, I was like, I hate California. <laughs> uh -huh. I, hate ha I hate how expensive it is here, and I moved uh, to Texas. Yep, Alex is an official import. Mm -hmm. He was imported from California, <laughs> now officially Texan. I mm -hmm. think after spending 10 years here, you're... Uh, 
officially official as far as Texanness is concerned. I'm not as into video games or as Danny is, but I'm very, very much into the history of media, American media in particular, TV, radio, the internet, uh, a little bit of films. But I'm really interested in the kind of media surrounding video games, the advertising, the history of how they get made and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a good field to be in. Mm-hmm. Alex is basically the production workhorse part of Retro Pals. While, <laughs> oh, yeah. While I'm the star and talent. <laughs> yeah, I do uh, the lay- I do all the graphic work, the layouts, the uh, I do the editing and the videos. The Alex is also in charge of PR and keeping me wrangled mm-hmm. for when I want to punch out all those journalists. <laughs> he definitely does. I, uh... I'm all like, take that, journalists. I was one of you a few years ago, but now I'm a puncher of you. It's true. Every day he's trying to punch someone. It's kind of awful. Oh, yeah. Um, But you're always there to ring me in. mm -hmm. Yeah, and I run the social media accounts, Discord, stuff like that. So that's who we are. We're the dream team. The dream team, based out of Austin, Texas, making content for the internet. Can they make the dream work? Oh, yeah, I should probably also mention that the reason I'm doing uh, this kind of stream live stuff is because I've been streaming off and on since 2006, and I grew up doing live community theater, so I've got the live production bug in me. Yep, Alex has the actual expertise of the group. I just like to play video games (laughs) and uh, say things that Alex later has to clean up. That's basically our relationship for every single thing we do with Retro Pals. Yeah, I'm always writing those uh, apology tweets uh, about Danny's behavior, just constantly. Thank uh, you for your service, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have punched that guy at South By, but I understand. On to our first segment, here's a list of my favorite racial slurs. Danny! So we've explained who we are and where we've been. Now you know who Danny and Alex are, but what do Danny and Alex do? What we do is we're a Twitch stream team, a retro gaming history duo, if you want to be, you know, real fancy about it. We specialize in retro gaming content streamed directly from vintage console hardware. Most of the stuff you see on stream is uh, just taken from the actual console itself. We stream real Sega Genesis with a real Sega CD, and it really fucks up like 90% of the time, (laughs) so you know it's real. Yeah. That's the difference with emulation. You don't see, get to see all the weird glitches that we see on our stream. That kind of gives us a unique appeal, I think. Like, you're mm-hmm. never really sure of what you're going to see during a RetroPal stream, because either we're going to fuck it up ourselves, oh, yeah. or the consoles will do it for us. Mm-hmm. We're very, very cursed, and our motto, our unofficial motto that is now our official motto is, we never fuck up. And guess what? We never do. Never have, never will. Mm-hmm. That's our promise to you. Now, what we do during the streams typically are console showcases, where we show off several games from one specific console or generation. Uh, We showcase developers. Occasionally, we go back to the NES and we're all like, hey, let's play through all the games that Bondi made. That's a good idea. You know what? It sounds great on paper, and it's quality entertainment, hopefully, for you. (laughs) Typically, the way I like to do that is a chronological sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. I can be like, this is what the company started off with, and then by the time they stopped making games for NES, this is what their games looked like. And I think that's a, it gives a nice overview over the course of a short stream. Yeah, and what we're kind of trying to do is um, put a lot of these older games in the context where they were released. It really helps with the whole library overviews because you can see how developers developed, I guess, how they yeah. you know grew. You can also see, I think, especially with the older consoles, kind of seeing just what was around back in the day can kind of put uh, some of those older games, the styles they use and stuff like that more into perspective, hopefully. Yeah. 
Because, you know, like they say, time flows like a river and history repeats. Mm -hmm. And often the stuff you see in old games very much connects with the modern era. You see stuff that obviously influenced other games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Often we get to see evolutionary dead ends where where games were just like going really off the rails. And we're like, wow, there's no way games could have been like that for more than a couple years. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking specifically of FMV games, which is what we stream a lot of the time. Yeah, we, we very much like to focus on the kind of really weird dead ends like that, like FMV, the multimedia consoles, like the 3DO and the CDI, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. We stream CDI, 3DO. There was a big extravaganza we had with the Mattel Hyperscan. Oh, my God, that thing. And shortly after recording this podcast, I'm going to have to set up for a Tiger GameCom stream. Oh, boy. That's what's winning this week's poll. The TigerGame.com, as it's sometimes known. Possibly the worst system ever? Well, we're going to find out. And that's what's so fun about these streams, because often it's just, uh, it's it sates my own curiosity, you know? Because I've always wondered about these systems and these games, but you never really know until you get your hands on them and mm-hmm. figure out how they play. And being able to do that and react to them live and have other people bounce off with uh, facts and developer tidbits, mm-hmm. that's and- what our stream's all about. And goofs, of course. We and like goofs. that, too. Yeah, we tell a lot of stupid jokes. Mm-hmm, as does the audience. Or we love you and your stupid jokes. It's a it's a nice little uh, jambalaya <laughs> of ideas and thoughts and jokes. It's a, ga- it's a gamer's omelet. It's the jambalaya of our lives. That's Retro Pals. <laughs> it sure is. I can't think of anywhere to go after that, after calling our stream a jambalaya. Well, we are also a partnered jambalaya as well. Don't forget that. That is true. Yep. Last year, after appealing to Twitch many, many times over the course of an entire year, they finally agreed to let us become a partnered stream. Mm-hmm. That was that was a hell of a thing. To be a Twitch partner, you got to meet certain very strict, uh, what you call, metrics. Mm-hmm. You got to stream for a certain number of hours every month. And worst of all, you have to keep, like, you have to have a certain number of viewers for all the things you stream. Yeah. So you can't just leave, I don't know, the Xbox One YouTube app running for 20 hours and become <laughs> Twitch partner. No, no. That would be a good workaround. But yeah. no, you have to actually stream and you have to stream stuff people want to see, which is the real, <laughs> is the real challenge. Yeah, you can't do any, like, avant-garde whatever streams that won't draw in your usual audience because they'll be like, no, this this makes your uh, a- viewer average go down and no. Now, luckily, Twitch has a an achievement system, which essentially gamifies becoming a Twitch partner. So they outline all these requirements very clearly. Mm-hmm. And we worked our butts off over the last year. Oh, my God. We applied so many times. Several times we thought we had it. We were all like, okay, watch our channel now. We can totally be partners now, right? Mm -hmm. Rejected. (laughs) Yeah. We were rejected three times before we finally got partnered. So Mm -hmm. if anyone else is on the road to Twitch partnership, just know that. Expect rejection. Just bounce off it and keep trying. Now, if you're wondering about Twitch partnership, what that does is once you're partnered, it gives you more emotes, it gives you subscriber badges. Essentially, it gives people more of an excuse to give you money. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's pretty good in terms of business. Mm -hmm. That was quite good. It was a major milestone we met, and I was very happy to get it. Thanks to everyone who helped us meet that. Oh, yes, thank you. So before we got into the whole Twitch thing, slightly before, we were YouTube superstars, (laughs) traveling around the world, making all kinds of offensive videos. No, no, no. no. We, we started out from the very bottom on YouTube, much like Twitch. I didn't mention that, but mm-hmm. Twitch, we started out from like nothing. We had an mm-hmm. audience of like a dozen. 
But anyway, in 2015, I got laid off from my job at Joystick, and I thought, I want to keep making stuff for the internet, but not necessarily for America Online, because they are a terrible <laughs> boss. Yes, they are. So let's make stuff for the internet at large, I thought. I'm a big fan of shows like Crontendo and Jeremy Parrish's uh, works series that he does for Game Boy, NES, mm. and Super NES. I wanted to see something like that for the original PlayStation, the PS1, starting from the beginning. And I had a video producer here, so together <laughs> yeah. we produced the series PlayStation Year One, which is a chronological look at every single PlayStation game released in the States. We followed that up with the Japanese equivalent PlayStation Year Zero, which looks at several games from 1994, before the PlayStation was even out in the rest of the world. And in the last year we introduced N64 Chronicles, which is a very similar series focused on the Nintendo 64. We're also big on preservation and archiving, which is mm -hmm. why we dedicated our channel a few months ago to videos from Stepping Selection, <laughs> yes. a Japanese dancing game for the PlayStation 2 made by Jalico, who, if you know Jalico, they're kind of low rent when it comes to gameplay, graphics, pretty much everything. Well, imagine if Jalico made music videos. That's why we felt the need to archive them. <laughs> they're really good. They are mm, peak mm. culture. So good. So delicious. It's, it's fantastic. Check out Footloose and Ghostbusters if you haven't. I highly recommend them. In addition to all that, we do stream highlights, where we pull out uh, the best of the best moments from our Twitch streams, and Alex cuts them down and makes them look all nice. I do my best, and I think I do okay. I also use it as an excuse to try to learn motion graphics, and, well, I've gotten good at making crazy frogs slide in from the right. So, nice. you know, I'm That's very there. useful. I want <laughs> that to be in all of our videos from now on. <laughs> you know what? I think I'll do that. I think I will. Just have him come in and be like, did someone say crazy frog? And I'll there... be like, no, no one said that. No one's ever said that. You've done this 20 videos in a row. Please, crazy frog, <laughs> leave and put on some pants. I don't know. Anything else to say about who we are and what we're doing on the internet? Does that really sum it up? Well, that, I think that's pretty good about that. But um, we've had some other things happen on YouTube as well. We got algorithmed ones. Oh, yes. Yeah, we actually had our brush with success on YouTube several months back. Yeah, you can start out on your own. You can make as many videos as you want. But just like Twitch, that doesn't mean anyone's going to watch them. Mm -hmm. You can build up a fan base. You can do all kinds of things. But it doesn't really matter until YouTube itself takes notice because that puts your videos on a whole nother level of attention and popularity. Mm -hmm. As we discovered with our Mortal Kombat 3 episode of PlayStation Year One, uh, if you look at our other, other episodes of PS Year One, uh, the first compilation episode, it made the rounds on the, the video game websites back then. Back when we launched, I got a few sites to post about it, so that got like 15,000 views. Mm -hmm. Our individual episodes usually get around 1,000, 2,000, maybe three, if mm -hmm. it's a popular game. Yeah. You know, modest success, gets a decent number of comments, uh, some very dedicated viewers who always want to see more. That's the kind of level we're at. Mm -hmm. For Mortal Kombat 3, the view count currently sits at... 230,000 views. Yeah! That's in comparison, again, to the one or 2,000 we usually get. What happened is, midway through last year, someone at YouTube looked at our video and said, oh, that looks pretty good, and decided to share it on the front page and suggestions for the majority of people who look in the gaming category. So... If you've ever watched a Mortal Kombat video or looked in the gaming section, odds are you had our video recommended to you for a good couple months. And man, what a couple of months those were. <laughs> yeah. I have never had so many people cussing me out and telling me that I'm an idiot. It was amazing. <laughs> it's, it was. And I have notifications turned on. So whenever I'm on my phone just out and about, I can, I can get a notification and look at my phone and be like, hey, asshole, you're a moron. <laughs> 
Like, all right, thanks. I'm just sitting here waiting for my doctor's appointment. Good to know I'm a moron. Yeah, that also happened with our, uh, we got also mildly algorithmed with our WrestleMania PlayStation video. And let me tell you, I have a little, there's a little interview section with me in that one. Alex got the business in that one. Everyone thought I was an idiot every day. So, so both of us got the business with that. I got mm-hmm. the business for being wrong about MK3 for something. I don't know. I got the business for saying that Yokozuna wasn't really a jobber or whatever. I don't know. Something it's, about wrestling. That's the kind of thing. When you have such such huge franchises as Mortal Kombat and the WWF, they're going to have their big time defenders. And if you say anything about them, they're going to be like, nope, you were wrong. God, what an idiot. <laughs> You kind of have to learn to just let that like slide off of you because it's just it's just media property. You can't really <laughs> give too much of a, a shit about it. But regardless of what happened, that was our experience with being algorithmed. <laughs> it was just in the background, we have a whole lot more views and view time ticking up. But in reality, all that amounts to is just being called an idiot several times a day, <laughs> no matter where you are. <laughs> That's the Internet. But it also has an upside. It mm-hmm. got us a lot more subscriptions, got yes. a lot more dedicated people watching the streams. Mm-hmm. Some people who didn't think we were idiots went on to enjoy the other things we did. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes, thank you. And currently we sit at about 10,000 subscribers. In fact, I think we just crossed 11,000. Yeah, we just hit 11K. So that's pretty good. Yeah, back when we started, we were hovering around one or 2,000 subscribers. Then MK3 hit. That one success with MK3 got us 8,000 subscribers. No kidding. The thing we realized about being algorithmed is that for all the promotion you can give, you can like advertise your stream and videos to hell and back. Mm-hmm. You can share them on social media. None of that has any impact compared to a YouTube front paging. It is it is frankly a, a, the kind of thing that we weren't prepared for, honestly. <laughs> no. But now we know not. what that's like, and we can uh, we can adjust our content accordingly, I guess. You mean adjust to getting called an idiot while at the doctor's? Hey, I've been on the internet for decades. I'm used to being called an idiot. But true, true. I'm not used to being called an idiot anywhere and any time. <laughs> That's that's the magic of, of modern technology. So having a better grasp of what YouTube's all about and what people want to see and where the views come from, I want to streamline what we do so we can make episodes more frequently and mm-hmm. target just different audiences and different games and different consoles and stuff. It's yeah. not just going to be about the original PlayStation. We're busting out. And as soon as I figure out a format <laughs> for all the stuff we're going to do, we're going to bust out all over. You'll see. You'll see. Buster will bust loose. You better believe it. (laughs) There's all kinds of busting going on. Mm -hmm. So that's our future plans in terms of videos. Uh, What I would like to do personally is compilation style videos. I'm thinking like featurettes that highlight a whole bunch of different games that fit into certain categories like Nintendo produced arcade games or Sega Saturn horror games or something like that. Just nice little easily digestible compilation videos. I think those appeal to multiple audiences, and I think we can make them fun. Mm-hmm, I think so, too. Yeah, it's all a matter of just being able to execute. Meanwhile, on the stream, we want to branch out in terms of the consoles we cover. Uh, this month that we're recording this is Versus Month, where we ask our patrons which console do they want to see, and we pit them one-on-one, one versus the other. One lives, one dies. Last week was the ColecoVision versus the Intellivision, two consoles we never streamed before, uh, we streamed the hell out of that ColecoVision, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. 
But over the next few months in particular, we're aiming to cover new consoles and especially stuff that's not typically streamed. I'm thinking like plug-and-play consoles, maybe old computers like the ZX Spectrum, the Amstrad CPC if we're feeling nasty. Ooh. Might even get into some MS-DOS stuff. I think I still know how to use DOS. I, I remember how to like do do look at a, up a drive. It's all like CD games, then game.exe, and then you get a virus. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Alex is experienced in the world of Windows 95, so I hope to leverage that pretty soon. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I do want to do more computer uh, CD-ROM streams again. I've kind of... I did that for a short bit on my own personal channel just to see if I could do it, and turns out I can, so... Uh, Good. Yeah, so I'll hopefully get another uh, virtual box set up and we can do that again, because I enjoyed that, along with uh, streaming myself trucking. So. Oh, yeah. Alex is a big trucker in the world of American pro trucker. <laughs> or what's it called? American Truck Simulator. No, I wish I was a pro trucker. I, I, I could I could use some trucker money. Yeah, Alex <laughs> pretends to be a truck for pretend truck money in the world of PC gaming. <laughs> and it's a good time. He's managed to overturn the truck several times. It's really good. But yeah, that's basically what we're about. We've expanded our audience the best we can over the last year, I think. That really helped becoming Twitch partnered and getting YouTube algorithmed at the same time. That brought our community, I think, to a nice sustainable level that I'm really happy with right now. Uh, really, the last year could not have worked out better for us, honestly. It was great. It's yeah. given us uh, a lot of eyeballs on both the stream and the videos and an audience that's really dedicated and interested in what we're having to say. That's a hell of a thing. Yeah, it's Usually nice. I just scream to no one, but <laughs> now people are listening. <laughs> I, I like our, uh, yeah, our audience is, is very nice, and they tell it like it is. Yeah. Does that cover our YouTube and Twitch adventures? I think it's time to take a break. I think so, too. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back with Q&A. You have Q's, we have A's. Stay tuned. Hey listeners, do you have underwear problems? We're here to solve your underwear problems with My Unders. That's right, Danny. My Unders, or Munders, as the fan community affectionately calls it, is your number one supplier of old underoos from 1978, specifically 1978, pulled from the beautiful New Mexico landfill. These gorgeous pairs of Wonder Woman and Hulk-themed underwear are perfect for anyone with the smallest ass on earth. That's right, it's a loot box for people with tiny asses. The tiniest asses. Me underoos. Me unders. Munders. Subscribe today with code PALS for a $2 discount for your tiny ass. Just abysmally small. We're so sorry. God, your ass sucks. Munders. Me unders. Subscribe today.
Welcome back to the Retro Pals podcast. I'm Danny. He's Alex. That's me. So we got the business part out of the way. Now it's time for the party in the back. We are truly the mullet of the retro gaming scene. Mm-hmm. That's why people love us. So we're back and we finished our business. You know who we are. You know what we do. And if you hate us, you've tuned out. For those remaining, we'll make you tune out in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry. We issued a survey on our Patreon asking some anonymous questions. Uh, no accountability here, folks. Mm-hmm. We asked them to, to be as brutal as they possibly could be. And it turns out our patrons at their most brutal are still incredibly nice. Yeah, what the hell? I was expecting some real nasty shit. Yeah, and... even with the shield of anonymity, they still asked some completely normal, good questions. And gave good feedback, too. They did, yeah. and they did it so nicely. Gosh, you're all so nice, what the hell? Anyway, they've got questions, we've got answers. Uh, let's do it. All right. Q, number one. Q stands for question. Oh. Between the two... Which do you find easier as a team, streaming live or creating scripted content? Streaming live. Streaming live. Absolutely streaming live. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the secret to making these YouTube videos is a lot of time, a lot of editing, and a lot of time. A lot of time. They take so much work, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. In uh, in a way, I've learned to kind of prefer the whole live streaming thing, because you do things off the cuff. You get to say a lot of stupid jokes you can't get away in a scripted video. Mm -hmm. It's all like... You know what I mean. It's all like, the joke is too stupid for scripted, but if you just say it and then go on like nothing happened, people will never notice how bad of a joke it is. Yeah. That's the streaming experience for me. And getting away with telling a lot of bad jokes, honestly, is a lot of fun. It, it really is. Um, and we get to showcase stuff in real time and experience mm-hmm. it for the first time, and that's just generally fun. Meanwhile, both of us have really high standards for our scripted stuff. Yeah. We script it out, we record it, we re-record it, Mm -hmm. and that goes through several editing passes. Mm -hmm. Each video for PlayStation Year One takes several weeks to make of concentrated work, like including prep and writing and editing, voiceover, all that stuff. It takes a while. And in the end, I think the results are worth it in terms of uh, preservation and archival's sake. And I think it's important we continue. Oh, yeah. It's also a massive pain in the ass. It sure is. But I like doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, we've improved. We've worked on, we've streamlined some things and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's still It is a, a learning process, yeah. especially if you're starting from nothing like we did. We had to learn how to do everything. And then we had to learn how to do it right. And then the next year, we realized that the things we thought and learned how to do them right, we were doing wrong, so we had to rewrite them. <laughs> yeah. It's a big learning process, and honestly, it's pretty satisfying getting yeah. to where we were. It's a learning experience, and I love to learn. So to answer your question, yes, we prefer live streaming to video. <laughs> Still love doing both, though. Next question. What is the biggest surprise of all the games you've played? Alex, you want to answer this first? For me, it was absolutely the Mansion of Hidden Souls series. I was expecting some janky, mist-esque, like, boring meanderings. And to be fair, it is janky, mist-esque, boring meanderings for a lot of it. But it was one of those weird, obscure kind of bad games where there was something underneath it that was really interesting. And playing that on stream from the beginning to the end with Lunacy was really satisfying and really cool to see that whole thing tied together. It was one of the coolest things I think that I've experienced on stream. Yeah, me too. I My, my answer to this question was actually going to be Lunacy, which is actually <laughs> Mansion of Hidden Souls Part 3, essentially. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, if you're unfamiliar, Mansion of Hidden Souls is an adventure game series that started out on Sega CD, then there was a sequel for Sega Saturn, and then a third game that I won't reveal how it ties into the first two called Lunacy. And we played through all of those over a period of several months on stream. First, we started with the Mansion games on Sega CD and Saturn. Several months later, we played Lunacy, and by that point, we were so invested in the series as a whole. It's, it was just a great experience. And a good surprise, to answer the question, because, oh, yeah. man, these, these early CG games that are based on pre-rendered video, you have zero expectations. <laughs> and then when they turn out to have actually good stories and good theming going on, it's, it was honestly a nice surprise, it especially was. for games that are more than 20 years old. Like, mm -hmm. damn, these games had something to say, and they were very entertaining. Also love Gabal Screen. Yes, that's also by the same people who did uh, Lunacy and stuff, the uh, System Sacom. Yeah, uh, Gabal Screen is amazing. Gabal Screen is an interactive art installation piece where you play as a flying shoe. I don't know what else to say. Check it out. It's amazing. Next question. Would you ever do a video series dealing with a comprehensive look at a particular niche dev instead of just platforms? Like a video on Cavia, for instance. Oh, a Cavia video would be amazing. We could do like a Bullet Witch and Win Back 2. Yes. <laughs> and then end it on Nier and be like, no, this is when they finally got good and then they died. It's so tragic. <laughs> I'd love to do that. I'm thinking, I may have mentioned this before when we were talking about our YouTube plans, but... What I would like to do are compilation-style videos featuring, like the question said, developers and things, or even series. What I want to do, my dream project, is a series retrospective on Death Crimson. Oh my god. Re Death Crimson is maybe the most Retro Pals core series that we've ever experienced. <laughs> it so is. It started out as a horrible Sega Saturn game and then became something entirely different on the Dreamcast. Not really sure how else to describe it. It's the kind of thing where I really want to make a video just to dispel all the myths about this series, because it's kind of legendary. How about you, Alex? Well, man, if I could do a video series on one thing... Oh, God, I know I've already played them, but I still... I want to do one on System Sacom, or System Sacom. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to go over just Cabal Screen, and I'd like to actually do some commentary over the whole Mansion of Hin Souls Lunacy series stuff. That'd be nice, too. Yeah. Yeah, really, we're about covering the uncovered... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, if you uncover something, then it's no... Wait a minute. Don't think <laughs> too confused. hard about it. Don't... Yeah. Anyway, we're here to make videos about the things that nobody makes videos about. I think that basically covers it. And we want to be like Watch Mojo for the weirdest shit on Earth, but also good. So not Watch <laughs> Mojo. But yes, thank you for your question. Next question, just get straight to the point. If you could revive one franchise, what would it be? What are my favorite franchises? The thing is, some, most of my favorite games, I feel like they're okay just being a single game. Like Bionic Commando, they brought it back once. They don't need to do that again. DuckTales, they made enough of those. The mm -hmm. sequel showed there was nowhere else to go with that. What else do I really like? Hmm. A new Silent Hill would be nice. Oh, yeah. Like... That's not happening, though. No. <laughs> that is not happening. Not in this universe. How about another Gunstar Heroes? Ooh, that's That's my good. answer. I guess I gotta get one in. I, 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 I have Lunacy on the brain, because all I can think of... That was very recent. We finished up Lunacy just a couple weeks ago in a marathon two-week session. This is less of a franchise I want to revive and more of a style. I would like to see more 
animated FMV games. Most FMV games, because there's a bit of a revival now, most of them are live action and things like that. I'd like to see one with like 3D, 3D graphics or something like that. Something not using uh, actual like live action video, but maybe animated video. Something like that. Like Lunacy, it was, you know, ray traced uh, 3D and stuff like that. Something yeah, let's, different. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Try a bunch of different stuff with FMV this time. Yes, yes. We'll make it work. Tom Zito, get in touch. Mm-hmm. We're going to right the wrongs of your past. That's a great way of getting in touch with him, I'm sure. Oh, he's going to love that, yeah. Finally, a chance to right the wrongs of my past. Thank you for your question. Next question. Oh, boy. What exactly is it that makes a flawed game charming enough to still be worth playing? Uh, also asking the question, how much jank is too much? Folks, we experienced the limits of jank, and that limit is called Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> Oh, my God. We played all the way through that game as a subscriber incentive. We played the good story. We played the evil story. And we played all the way through the true final story up until the final boss, and we couldn't take it anymore. That game is so busted. In terms of what makes it alluring and charming, the Mm cutscenes. Just the fact that the president of this country in Sonic Adventure 2 is going tearing down the highway at 200 miles an hour. And Sonic catches up to him, jumps into his limo, and hacks into a phone call he's having with Dr. Robotnik. This all happens within the space of like 30 seconds, by the way. It's so funny! Tails drops in too! Why not? It's so great. It's so funny. The jankness of the game was evened out by the different cutscenes you would see, because you would go through hell to finish some of these levels, but in the end you'd see a very poorly audio-mixed cutscene, and the game would pull you right back in. You'd be Mm -hmm. like, oh, Knuckles... Your levels are terrible, but I love your story. It's so dumb. I love how you overtalk everyone else and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that's our answer there. Sonic Adventure 2 is the limit. It's the dividing line between jank and unbearable jank. And I guess, well, what really made it unbearable was just how difficult it was to play. Like, there's a little bit of difficulty jank that's okay, but when it gets too much and you get genuinely frustrated, that's basically the limit. Yeah, when it starts actively interfering with gameplay, Mm -hmm. I suppose, is the limit. When you start to feel like the gameplay is holding up your fun time, that's when it's time to stop playing. Mm -hmm. Like, with Lunacy, it seemed like a pretty easy-to-play, easy-to-figure-out for the most part, game. Like, yeah. it didn't seem too. Having a walkthrough helped. Yeah, that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sonic, that's all skill. Looking forward to playing Sonic 06 someday. Whew. Alex just got a horrified look on his face. Mm, wow, looks like I'm somehow not going to be here. <laughs> you got to find an excuse to get out of here. I'm going to find a bridge to go live under for a while. <laughs> hey, we got to play Shadow the Hedgehog before that. Next question What is your most prized video game related possession? Well,. I have a whole bunch of games, but I guess the stuff I have the most attachment to is the one-of-a-kind stuff that you don't really see anywhere else. The first thing that came to mind after reading this question was my promotional plush submarine for In the Hunt, and I rim shoot him up from the 90s. It is the cutest little chibi submarine that's very bright and colorful, and it's just promoting one of the most obscure games. I love that. I also have a, a couple of prototypes. I have an unfinished version of Crossfire for Sega Genesis and uh, an early version of Wolfenstein for Super Nintendo that still had blood and dogs before they were changed to rats. Oh, that's cool. So, so yeah, I tend to like the stuff that's one of a kind and you can't really get anywhere else. It just has a lot of character to it. I collect ephemera and I love the weirdest, the weirdest stuff. And I think the coolest thing I have is it's a magnetic 
statue for your desk promoting the Nuon, and it is awful. It is garbage. Okay, Alex says statue, but okay. really, this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what he's talking about. It is a. It is a. It's a desk ornament to promote the Nuon, which is a DVD game console. But instead of being a single statue, it's like 50 different pieces of jagged metal that stick together. Yes. How else would you describe this? It's Okay, so in the 90s and, and early 2000s, there was a whole like magnetic sculpture statue thing where you'd have a bunch of pieces. They're all magnetic. They had a magnetic base and you would take the pieces and make things out of them. Usually the pieces were uh, symmetrical balls or square or blocks or something. These are tiny little thin like... Uh, globes. One of them is a like movie clapper. I think another one is like a game controller. They are just all sorts of horrible shapes. They barely stick together. It's awful. It's horrible. They are I in shapes. It. I never yes. really took a close look at mm-hmm. them because at first glance, it's just shiny silver shards. <laughs> That's what it is. You pick them up. It's just a big piece of solid. It's a, it's a bunch of shards of metal that stick together that you can form into uh, whatever you want. But mm-hmm. apparently they, they're actual shapes. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. And out of all the weird gaming like ephemera giveaway crap I have, I think that's the one that I I think is the most interesting. It's, probably it's pretty incredible. It does it's... summarize the nuance just <laughs> just in being what it is. It is. A terrible idea. <laughs> and our final question: In your opinion, what games and systems need the most attention in terms of preservation? Okay, uh, I didn't mention this up front, but in addition to all the stuff we've done in the past, both of us are involved in games preservation. I was part of a group called Lost Levels. Together, we tracked down a whole bunch of prototypes for the Nintendo. We finished off the retail set, dumped the games that weren't dumped, uh, essentially making digital versions of all these ancient 8-bit games that weren't already available on the internet. It gave us perspective on what preservation means and how to achieve it within various different realms in video games. Uh, As for which ones deserve the most attention, obviously old computers, I think, because there's a lot of uh, homebrew and doujin software, depending where in the world it's made, that's just, it got like five copies released and then disappeared forever. That kind of stuff always needs tracking down. Also, laser discs are something that haven't been able to be ripped until very recently when someone wrote custom tools. So hopefully we'll see some dumps of stuff like uh, the Pioneer Laser Active, other early LaserDisc-based consoles. I know MSX had a LaserDisc player of all things. Wait, really? Yeah. Holy crap. You could play Konami's Badlands on that thing. Okay, that, that kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What do you think, Alex? What, what needs uh, preserving? Well, I haven't been paying enough attention to the scene lately to kind of see what's active and what isn't, but as much of a big fan base as there is for the CDI and 3DO and stuff, it just... It feels like a lot of those multimedia systems, like, of the era just kind of fall under the radar. And I think a lot of them have some really interesting stuff that modern-day game devs and uh, artists, just maybe artists in general or history buffs, might want to take a look at. There's some really interesting stuff. And one thing that I'd like to see more preservation of are uh, VHS tape-based systems, too. Mm. Maybe stuff like the Hyperscan, those really weird, hyper, hyper, hyper obscure systems that no one gave a shit about. That's true, because stuff like the Hyperscan, there's no emulator available. You have to have an actual system and the games, and you have to have that horrible user experience of using the actual hardware. An emulator would be infinitely preferable. Yeah, so stuff that it's it's a pain in the ass to do with real hardware, that's the kind of stuff I'd like to see emulated and preserved. 
It's funny because I would have actually said LCD games, but um, the LCD Tiger games are all getting preserved and put into main lately. So oh yeah, that's going really well. Mm-hmm. They're adding a, a whole bunch of them with each new version of MAME, like mm-hmm. the uh, even obscure stuff like the Full House LCD game yes. or the MC Hammer dance game. Mm-hmm. The most again, these are LCD games, so they're the most simple, basic games you can possibly imagine. But Their artwork is being scanned, the code is being ripped, and it's been emulated, so it's effectively preserved for future generations. You can see what uh, the 90s were like via Full House and MC Hammer games. (laughs) And draw whatever conclusions you may. Uh, Hint, your conclusions are probably correct. Yeah. The 90s were pretty weird. Ooh, they were. And that does it for the Q&A session. Thanks for everyone who wrote in. Thanks for being nice to us. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll put out another call for survey questions if we ever decide to do this again. It's okay to call us dipshits. We get it. Yeah. We understand. I'm used to it by now. Mm-hmm. YouTube has hardened my heart. <laughs> Same here. If you call me a dipshit, I'm like, hey, man, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. <laughs> I react to moron and dipshit like they're my first and last names. Thanks to everyone who wrote in. And if you want to join our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash retropals. Donate whatever amount a month you want. For a dollar or more, you get early access to our videos. And for five dollars or more, you get access to our weekly polls for what we play during our streams. And that's kind of the big thing with our streams. Every Wednesday, we showcase a particular console or developer, and we go with whatever the people want to see. So if you want to do your part, participate in democracy, (laughs) give us a couple bucks. Yeah. It's a good time. It's worth it, I think. Where can you find us on the internet, Alex? Well, uh, we are on YouTube at youtube.com slash retropals. That's where you can see stuff like the PlayStation Year One, uh, video game vocal tracks, uh, highlights of our streams, all that good stuff. We are also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash retropals. Follow us there so you can see when we stream. We stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with uh, Wednesday being our big showcase streams. That's where we do the stuff that you vote on. Um, real, we're real cool. We're real great. You'll love us. <laughs> we're real cool. We're we're the cool guys to hang out with. We're very cool kids. Well, that's, that part's not true, but we do showcase a variety of stuff on our stream. Mm-hmm. Every Monday we tend to do Sega CD stuff. That is, uh, that's very much our wheelhouse. We both grew up with the Sega CD. Yeah, that's how we and, bonded. Yeah, and we've slowly been working our way through the whole library. So that's been a fun journey we take every Monday. Mm-hmm. Also on Fridays, we do Mascot Friday, where we rank every single platformer ever made on a big master list. It is a raucous party. It is It is a very wild stream. Yeah, that's our party be... stream, where we, we roll in the weekend every week by just going completely apeshit on some old 16-bit platformers. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you want to participate in any chat that is the one that's like hog wild it's a fun time pretty much anything goes it's mm-hmm. uh it's also really fun though reliving the 16-bit platformers of yore and what we do is we rank every game based on whether or not it is better than bubsy and you know what a lot of games are better than bubsy but a lot of games aren't mm-hmm. oh they aren't that helps you keep perspective in this crazy old world you know some things better than bubsy some aren't what are you gonna do that's just the way the world works we also have a website that has uh, spreadsheets with all the uh, mascot platformers we've ranked, and that is at retropals.club. We also have links there and uh, our stream schedule as well. Yeah, so. we keep it serious. We keep actual spreadsheets for yeah. real. Yeah, we're serious about ranking every single mascot platformer, no matter what. <laughs> serious fun. That's Retropals. <laughs> we are also on Twitter at twitter.com slash retropalshq. 
And there we post when we're live, we post uh, when we have our Mascot Friday polls available, and whenever we have something new on YouTube. It's good. That's also where you can yell at us. Just, if you add us, I will get it, and yeah, I Yeah, will... you have many different mm -hmm. venues for yelling at us, be it YouTube, Twitter, the world is your oyster. Mm -hmm. Say whatever you want, whenever you want, because that is the internet, and what are we going to do about it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Seriously, though, we have a lot of fun with our mm -hmm. stuff, and thanks to everyone who watches our stuff. Hopefully you've uh, tolerated listening to this. I don't know if we're going to do a second episode. We'd need some kind of reason or theme or something. We'll, we'll, we'll think of something. To be determined. That's when the second episode is. We better start cranking these out. I promised at the top of the episode we'd be cranking out a hundred of these, so mm -hmm. let's get started. All right, ready for episode two? Yep, let's go for it. Episode two. The Retro Pals are closed. <laughs> Subscribe, ring the bell, uh, like us on Facebook, my time, Spacebook. I don't I know love where I was my going. Time. My time, my time is the best social media. <laughs>